Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. With PodPower, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us to give a PodPower shout-out to Overdue Finds, an Edmonton Public Library podcast. Bryce Crittenden and Carolyn Land host conversations about books, movies, music, pop culture, and other interesting news about Edmonton. It's a great way to learn more about what's happening at EPL and about how you can use your library card to access all of EPL's in-person and online services. To listen and find out more about Overdue Finds, head to epl.ca slash podcast. We're starting to run out of book. Yeah. We're uh, on a uh, rapid approach to the end, yeah. especially as the last couple chapters have been fairly short. This is the home stretch, as it were, I yeah. think. So this might actually be a good moment to kind of prep any people who've uh, joined us for the first time for this particular novel about uh, kind of how the end of novel procedure goes around here. Yes. So we will, of course, uh, wrap up the novel on uh, our usual schedule. Yes. And then after the last chapter, we'll have an analysis episode where we, as Anita puts it, go full book club. <laughs> um, all of my lines so far have been yes. So, yes. We will also announce our new novel that week so that you have time to go out and find a copy of it before mm -hmm. we launch into it the following week. So we will be sourcing a new novel probably in a couple weeks around the time that we're reading the final chapter. Usually we put out a poll on Twitter sometime around then to uh, maybe get a bead on what genre people are feeling for our next novel. We'll mm -hmm. probably do that again this time. Sure. That's kind of where things are at. Mm, so I love a good Twitter poll, so those are always fun for me. You also like a good book club. <laughs> also true. And uh, we do indeed go full book club in that final analysis episode where we look back over the entire novel in full context. No more what's going to happen because we know all that happened. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. You get to play the game. It's true. We do get to play Anita's favorite game. <laughs> Cast that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get there, though, there's still a few chapters left in this novel. We're not done yet. Uh, last chapter was all of part five. <laughs> the entirety of part five, Which yes. was something of a musical interlude. <laughs> we hadn't had one yet, so why not? That led into Tracker saying that he had one more story to tell. And we segue into that story and into part six with chapter 23 of Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. So part six is titled Death Wolf. The uh, saying is Moon Bikini Wu Yi Alobois, which is what a wonderful way to screw people over. That is so appropriate for the tracker we have come to know and love. Yeah, he uh, actually literally says that at one point in this chapter, too. <laughs> Again, it's very, very apt. Yeah. And uh, the tracker in this story, I think it's safe to say, is not the tracker we've come to know and love. <laughs> Because this clearly takes place some years after the events of the story. Yes. I'm a little uncertain about exactly when. We'll put a pin in that and we'll come back to it at the end of this. Okay. Of this uh, synopsis. Mm -hmm. Can we can we start with the Inquisitor? 
Well, the chapter starts with the Inquisitor. Yes. It is very clear that Tracker is now, at last, tired of talking. He is done. He does not want to talk to this Inquisitor anymore. He is finished. Well, not only that, he actually implies that with this final story, he's going to tell the Inquisitor something that not only does Tracker not want to divulge, but that the Inquisitor probably doesn't even want to know. Quite possibly. Uh, he straight up blames the Inquisitor for every th- everything that is about to be revealed. This is on you. Yeah. This is all your fault. And then... You asked for this. This is, this is the final story I'm going to tell. The Inquisitor tries to divert him back to Leopard at the beginning of the chapter. Well, because he starts talking about Leopard. Yeah, because uh, the last thing we had heard in the story is that Leopard had shown up just before the Griot had le- left. Yes. During this halcyon time when he was living with Mossy and the Mingi children. Tracker admits that Leopard, of course, lured him off on another wild adventure, as Leopard is wont to do. But this is not the story he wants to talk about. No, no. He has a different story to tell, and he is not going to tell the story of the Leopard at this time. Although the Inquisitor wants both. No, I think the Inquisitor wants the story about Leopard, but this is not the story Tracker is going to give him. Well, no, because at the very beginning, he's like, no, you want both? No, you only get one. Look at me. Look at me. Not both. Tracker's upset. The story he is going to tell is the story, or at the very least starts as, the story of a woman walking through Malangika, which has been mentioned in the past. Yeah. It's it's a tunnel city built largely underground uh, to the east of Wakadishu, and it is famously the home of a witch's market. Like, it is the place to go for the black arts. Yes. Yeah, it's... Uh, or or it's possibly the white science. A little bit of both. I think, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a bad place. It is the bad side of town. And it's the whole town. And it's the whole town, yeah. The woman is making her way through an alley. It's a haunted place. She's beset by spirits, but she's using magic to kind of ward them off. She's moving with a bundle, kind of like she's being followed. And, and she's it turns just out, being sneaky in general. Well, and, and paranoid. And she has reason to be because, of course, she's being tracked by Tracker. Yep. Uh, and she basically walks right into him. He he catches her. Yep. She attempts to cast a spell at him, but he stops her by warning her, listen, lady, I'm protected by a Sangoma. There ain't nothing you can do to me. Because yeah. <laughs> at this point, it's pretty clear that there's not much people can do to him. It, yeah, it's true. He's survived a lot. He has. Uh, she initially thinks he's there to rob her, and he's not. He's actually there for information, but he does ask about the baby she's carrying in that bundle. Because he knows it's a baby. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he knows it's not hers, though she insists rather vehemently for quite some time, for longer than is really necessary, that it is her baby. Yeah. Tracker isn't buying it from Hop, and it's because, as we've learned previously in this novel, baby parts make for good witching. And this is the town where there is a thriving black market in baby parts and a whole live raw baby. That'll make some excellent witching. I'm sorry, I retched a little at whole live raw baby. Ugh. Tracker actually calls her bluff here by noting that the baby is hungry and if she can go ahead and feed him right now. And she can't because she can't. she's not the baby's mother. Also, he's noticed that the baby has been marked up like a cattle, <laughs> like one of those cattle drawings. Yeah. Right? Well, where all the good cuts are. Tracker is kind of amused by this he's like this proves to me that you're not even a proper witch because someone else had to mark where to cut all the parts off on this baby for you but good news i'm looking for the person who sold you this baby i'm not looking for you she dithers quite a bit because obviously this is a powerful man don't lightly cross but finally with enough uh intimidation she is willing to divulge that 
the guy moves every night so he can't be easily tracked and trackers like good news you were just there buying from him so i'm pretty sure he hasn't picked up and moved he somewhere hasn't else left yet. this night and she finally kind of gives him directions on where to get there and warns him you know you're never going to make it because he's protected by magic and he's got bodyguards there's no way you're going to actually get to talk to the guy and tracker's like that's my business lady yeah don't worry about it don't, don't you worry your pretty little head at this juncture she tries to bargain for the baby back but we know tracker he's a big softy especially for kids oh yeah he's not going to let harm come to this child new no. uh instead he gives her to the count of 10 to run for her life and uh, it to the count of three. <laughs> stops at three before he kills her. Then he uh, goes door to door looking for a house where he can stash the baby for a while oh. using some um, serious and bloody intimidation until that he was... finds someone who's willing to help. It was certainly a tactic. Yeah. He then heads straight to Midnight Street, which is where he was told he could find the cellar. He encants some magic to ward off some some dark spells protecting the street with mystical traps and then nearly falls into a very mundane pit trap. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you overlook the simple stuff. Yeah, you're expecting all the black magic and you don't think that somebody may have just, you know... Uh, mouse traps everywhere. Dug a pit and filled it with snakes, <laughs> yeah. He gets past to the pit, heads kind of down the side of a of a embankment to a, a hut that is unlocked because, I mean, no one was supposed to make it past the traps. Also, so. there's a pit. Yeah. Uh, and the hut is very much tardising because it is much larger on the inside than it is on the outside, which makes sense. That's a recurring wizards. theme in this chapter, that things are not sized properly. Well, Malangika is a town full of dark wizards. Mm, yeah. It's, and and it's, mad scientists. It's lots of magic. You, yeah. you have to expect the occasional <laughs> size difference. Yeah. Tracker makes his way in uh, and sees a tiny ancient looking man with a big monocle standing in the middle of the room. And as he enters, he looks up and sees not one, but two of those green mad monkeys that nearly killed him and a party of armed adventurers <laughs> back in the Darklands. You may recall. Yeah. Yeah. They're just hanging above him in the rafters, and the smaller of them attacks him. And then the larger one attacks him. Uh, the man takes this opportunity to bolt into the back room. Well, yeah. His okay. mad monkeys have gone off. His monkey alarm has, has gone, gone off. off. Yeah. Tracker, though, I mean... At this juncture, we know he is no slouch when it comes to fighting. And not having been entirely caught off guard here, uh, he's actually pretty skillfully able to fend off these two mad monkeys Yeah, this I time. mean, they give him a run for his money. Oh, for sure. He manages to, like, hack off some of the smaller one's tail. <laughs> I know. And then the big one pulls it back and uh, starts, like, throwing jars full of magic goop at right? him. And then it turns into the end of that one Harry Potter movie, which just glass shattering everywhere uh and tracker like finds a severed hand and tosses it over like to another part of the room and the monkey thinks it's movement so it starts throwing the jars over there and that gives tracker the opening to throw an axe at its head yep that may not have killed the monkey but uh tracker going over pulling out his axe and then pulverizing its head probably did yeah that if the first one didn't the second one sure did yeah and the small mad monkey uh beats feet it <laughs> It it recognizes that uh, this is not a guy to be lightly trifled with and runs away. Hey, it works. Yeah. The Mad Monkey alarms having been dealt with, uh, Tracker heads into the back room that the man went into and finds him seated there with just the creepiest dinner guests. <laughs> uh, there's a woman and a child. They both have like weird antlers growing in their hair. The woman has glowing eyes. They don't really talk. And Tracker is like, this is not 
cool. <laughs> this is weird. The man actually offers Tracker, come sit, have some dinner. Tracker makes a pithy remark, and the man's just like, oh, man, everyone's a joker. What do you want, stranger? And Tracker reveals here that the seller was not actually the person he was looking for. No. He's actually looking for another third party. Indeed. He is looking for this particular seller. To find a buyer. To, yes, to find another particular buyer. Yeah, uh, someone who buys something the seller is one of the few people in Malangika who sells. Yes. Hearts of Women is apparently a very rare delicacy. Though apparently uh, dude's been passing off some men's hearts as women's hearts uh, under the assumption that his buyer won't recognize the difference, but the buyer knows. Tracker's <laughs> like, the buyer knows. He knows. The seller's like, well, if if I'm one of a few people in town who who sell this stuff, clearly there are others. Why don't you go ask them? And Tracker's like, I've already been to four of them. They're dead now. So <laughs> this is your you're... opportunity to answer some questions before I'm down to just one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're next on the list. Uh, the seller is like, okay, well, I'll tell you what. We can talk, but I'm not going to talk here in front of my family. And Tracker promptly murders that family. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the man is the man is legit horrified. <laughs> yes. On the one hand, I kind of feel for him because he clearly had, or at least is faking really well, affection for these two creatures. No, I believe. Creature people that he made. I believe that he had affection for them. Right? Because yeah. it seems very sincere that he just freaks out because they're now dead. Yeah. So on the one hand, that's sad because he's clearly a lonely man, right? And his now his his people are dead. Um, on the other hand, this was clearly some kind of horrific white science. Oh, and the man is objectively a monster. As, yes. As Tracker will, will peel back uh, over the course of the rest of this chapter. So... Uh, it's a weird gray area about whether or not I actually feel bad for him. A voice in Tracker's head that he recognizes, actually, uh, even chides him for this. Oh, you just kill children now, do you? <laughs> because was it, was it really a child? But though? was it really a child? Yeah. Tracker brushes this off and tells the man, you know what? You can just use your white science to grow a new family. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, the man is like, I'm just, I will have revenge for this. I'm going to hire assassins. And Tracker <laughs> rolls his eyes so hard you could probably hear it. All the way in Dolingo. <laughs> you can just see it, right? You can just see him being like... <sighs> and he says to the man here, like, I recognize you're a lonely guy, and that's why you need to build yourself a family, but have you stopped to consider that maybe you're a lonely guy because you kill and butcher all the real people who come into your life? <laughs> maybe if you didn't do that, you'd have found a real woman by yeah, now. Maybe you'd have some friends. Yeah. And he gets to his point. He's looking for the man who buys the women's hearts. And the man, the seller is like, well, what business do you have with the man? And Tracker replies, that's my business. You don't need to worry about that. And the man dithers a little, but Tracker presses and says, look, I know he's a real pretty guy. He's got that white skin, that cape with the with the black trim that almost looks like feathers. And at this point... It's starting to sound real familiar. It doesn't just sound real familiar. I put two and two together at this juncture, and it was confirmed at the end of the chapter. Yeah, me too. The man relents after Tracker cuts off some of his fingers. <laughs> Slowly. A little bit of uh, direct intimidation and tells Tracker, head to the road of blind jackals. Before Tracker leaves, he catches the scent of something from a hidden room. The man tries to get him to go, but Tracker opens the secret door. And sure enough, there's like a still living boy bound in the room. Uh, surrounded by fresh corpses that are slowly being hacked apart yeah, to be being, sold off in pieces. Being harvested. This 
really irks Tracker because earlier on the man had insisted he only deals in dead bodies. Like, yes, I sell body parts, but I, I never deal with the living. Well, you're alive. Mm. So Tracker promptly kills the seller. Yes. Good news. There's still one seller in town left who sells women's hearts for those dark <laughs> wizards who, who need one. Little pick me up. Really, it's just a boost in business for this other guy. He's made him uh, a he's, specialist. He's made him a monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> Tracker heads to the location he was given, and he is a man on a mission. He is so laser focused on getting to where he's going that even like the ghosts lingering in the town give him wide berth. They're like, "Do not mess with that guy." <laughs> right. He is. He <laughs> says. He he says he has no fear. He has no sadness. He doesn't even register indifference. Like, it's just, he's just flat. Yeah, and laser focused. And kind of dead inside, and we'll get to that in a minute, too. Yes. Um, and he arrives at the lair of Ipindulu. Yeah. But not the original Ipindulu. No. Because he greets Ipindulu as his old friend, Nika. Yeah. And that is end the of chapter. end of the very short chapter. Oh. So, first of all, one of our wild... <laughs> theories about what would happen to Nika turned out to be true. Yeah. Whether or not the original Ipindulu is possessing him and has reconstituted in him, or he has become an Ipindulu, that appears to be what has happened. I'm I'm guessing that he has become That would be my Ipindulu. guess as well. Yeah. Yeah. That he has become Ipindulu. Sort of like being bit by a vampire, you become vampire. Right? Sort of. I mean, Ipindulu is literally a vampire. Well, no, he's a type of vampire. A type of vampire, but this one's lightning, right? So it might be different. He's the lightning bird. Yeah. But yeah, as opposed to being possessed, right? He's not enthralled. He's uh, what's the right word for it? He's no longer Renfielding. He's now a fledgling vampire. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. bit, that's pretty good. Now this brings up two questions for me, and they're both related to where's Nasaka Navampi? Right. And I can see two answers to this question. Well, three answers, I suppose. One is that she is dead. Could be. Uh, which seems, I'm going to argue, the most likely. That... Uh, Being a woman with an active heart at one point? That Nika uh, eventually ripped out her heart and ate it. Ooh. Being the final and fatal betrayal of a man she trusted, ironically. Um, that does fit with the Nika that we know through Tracker's and, eyes. And it absolutely fits with Nika's M.O. that he will... Worm his way into your trust and then fatally betray you. Mm -hmm. The second option is that she is now his Renfield. Could be. Could be. The third option is she is responsible for him becoming Impendulu. Oh, also could be. Because we know that the original Impendulu originally had a witch who was controlling him. Yeah, yeah. And he only became free after the witch Died. shuffled off the mortal coil. Yeah, yeah. So what if Nasaka, desperate to have her Nika back, found out that the only way to do it was to push him all the way into being an Impendulu and learned some magic over the last few years. And she's his witch. And she is now his witch. That's the third option I can see. I think the first option is the most likely. Yeah. That Nika betrayed her and ate her heart. Yeah. But that's the other ones are also possible. Yeah. I mean, and she's not there as far as we can tell when Tracker arrives. To be fair, he's just walked in the room. It's true. She might be there and we just don't know it yet. Tracker is not the same Tracker who we experienced during the course of his adventure to find the boy. No. Nope. At this juncture. This is clearly some time later. This is, this is an old and somewhat jaded. 
This is this Sorry, is somewhat older and very jaded tracker. Yeah, this tracker is ex- like he practically admits that he's just dead inside. Mm-hmm. He walks into Malangika and crosses a slew of dark wizards without a thought to consequence. Correct. Which means he has nothing to lose. Nope. Which means he has probably lost everything. Yes. And I don't want to hear that story. That implies to me that his happy time with the Mingi children and Mossy has come to an end. My guess would be prematurely. And my guess would be there's a reason he's laser focused on killing Nika. Could be. That makes sense. It all makes sense. Yeah. I don't want to hear the story about how he lost his happy family. But it is pretty clear that he has. He didn't deserve that. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not spelt out. And I'm, I'm actually wondering if maybe the voice that he hears chiding him a few times is... Mossy's? Is his memory of Mossy. Could be. In his ear still. Uh, every time the voice speaks to him in this chapter, it's a little bit different. Because sometimes he knows the voice, and sometimes the voice knows him. I th- I would go so far as to say that that's interchangeable. That he knows the voice and the voice knows him. Yeah. And that's the reason why I think it's it's his memory of Mossy trying could, to him. Yeah, could be. To be fair, in this particular world, it might actually be the spirit of Mossy. Could literally be. Actually with him. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it does not bode well for what became of his happy family. No. And I don't know that I could handle any more horrible things happening to children in this book. I was already disturbed by the idea that someone had marked up a baby to be carved up. It's not okay. It's not good for my mental health to dwell on stuff like that. Fair enough. Now, I also want to go back real quick and touch on the start of the part. The ch- you, the... you and I have the same note about the very, the very first paragraph? I'm not talking about the first paragraph. I'm talking about literally the title of part six. Oh, okay. Death Wolf. Mm-hmm. Is this basically presaging the arrival of the, the ghost spirit who wants her eye back. Could be. Are we coming up on the end of Tracker's life? I'm actually beginning to suspect Tracker does not survive this book. Possible. In the hands of the Grand Inquisitor after having given up all of these stories. It's possible. I could be wrong, but it does it does not look good you could <laughs> for be Tracker. Wrong. You could be right. It honestly, from from where I'm sitting, it fifty fifty split. Could go either way. But you have a note about the first paragraph. That is a different note. So uh, before he starts into his story, Mm -hmm. when he's talking to the Inquisitor, he mentions a her. You can go talk to her and then burn us both. Or something along those lines. I don't have the book open in front of me. Who is her? There are only so many options left to us. Yeah, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark. Okay. Because we know that there was a point where Tracker was responsible for tracking down the boy a second time. Mm-hmm. And so my theory is that her in this particular equation is Lassa Solo. And she is also in custody of the Southern Kingdom. She seems a likely option. She, to me, seems like the most likely option. Especially because it would be weird for him to reference a female character we have not been introduced to. I suppose it's possible they have Nasaka, actually. If this final story has to do with with Nika the Impendulu, and he's talking about you can go ask her about this as well, then it could he could be talking about Nasaka Navampi. He could be. I, it, it's lower down the list of possibilities, but it's possible that either Sogolon or Bunshi survived. 
Um, Bunchy, I don't think that's as likely, though. Yeah, Bunchy, I mean, we have no reason to believe that she was necessarily killed by the AC. Tracker certainly believes that the knife may have dealt her a fatal blow. It was a magic knife. But, I mean, well, she's a river the, spirit. The AC's a magic guy. Yeah, but, I mean, he was also killed by Fumeli, so as far as we can tell. And we, uh, I mean, we don't know. She's a river spirit. She may have been able to survive that. Sogolon, I'm fairly confident, is dead. <laughs> or I'm you pretty sure, yeah. Or you'd think she would have shown up a long time ago for revenge on Tracker. Uh, maybe. Probably. I mean, there's a reason like said, why everybody it's... was saying you don't pass, you don't lightly pass through one of the ten and nine doors a second time. Indeed. And she did indeed go through one a second time. Right? Like I said, it's further down the list. But if you look at the narrative, we don't have a lot of, uh, like, leading women characters. Yeah. Right? That will be a mystery that we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Do you think we'll get the leopard story? That he's not telling the Inquisitor? Maybe. Also, maybe. He's only got, what, two, three chapters to... To clear it up. That's true. To be fair, a lot can happen in two or three chapters in this book. Also true. But at this juncture, uh, what we're talking about is mostly just speculation, because this story has set us off on a completely different narrative, and we don't know where it's going to go, except that clearly Tracker is going to have his final showdown with his nemesis. Okay, the note I wrote, this feels like the start of a boss fight. Oh, for sure. That's That's the feeling I got at the very end of this chapter. By the end of that sentence, I'm like, oh, a boss fight. Here we go. Yeah, this is this is the final showdown between Tracker and his hated nemesis that was uh, foretold at the beginning of the book. <laughs> yes. Just not necessarily in the way that perhaps either of them expected it would happen. And in retrospect, maybe Tracker should have just killed him when he was Renfielding. He probably should have. He may or may not regret it. Either way, I feel like something epic is coming. <laughs> well, we'll have to see if that epic thing happens uh, next up mm -hmm. in Chapter 24. You'll want to read up on that in time for next week. Yes. In the meantime, another thing you might want to read up on is your local news. Uh, probably, wherever you live, there is a hyper-local news website, and uh, I can say with certainty, one does exist right here in Edmonton. And Anita is going to tell you all about it. I sure am. This episode of The Read Along is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, which publishes curiosity-driven stories, topical newsletters, and locally-focused podcasts, all in the service of informing Edmontonians about their community. Want to start your day informed? Check out The Pulse, Taproot's new daily news briefing. The Pulse tells you what you need to know about Edmonton every weekday morning. You'll get short, informative updates about what's happening at City Hall, plus coverage of business, tech, food, the arts, and more. You'll also get a little bit of whimsy from features such as A Moment in History, Chart of the Week, and the Friday Podcast Pick. And it's free! Sign up today at taprootedmonton.ca slash pulse. That's taprootedmonton.ca slash pulse. Yeah, it's another one of the great features brought to you by Taproot Edmonton. Yeah, so if you don't feel like tuning into the radio or can't tune into the radio, fire up a quick little daily podcast and get your news that way. Yeah, and I mean, something that's kind of true about a lot of uh, larger media outlets nowadays, they tend to focus on, on broader topics and like regional or uh, national news. Yeah, the and big stuff. In order to get that hyper-local content for just like your municipality or neighborhood, you usually have to go online. So mm -hmm. it's it's always nice to see that there are still sources for information that, that might more directly impact you than what's going on nationally. Yeah. Yeah. Another way to get information is to check out the podcasts <laughs> on the Alberta Podcast Network. It's true. There are so many. Any information you desire, I'm 
positive you can find a podcast about it. And don't let the network's name mislead you. It is an alliance of podcasts made in Alberta, but they have a broad scope. Everything from cooking to teaching to Bollywood movies. Oh, the Bollywood podcast is super duper popular. Yeah. So uh, you can check all those out right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. When you find a podcast you like, you can download it on your podcatcher of choice. While you're there, you could give us a helping hand by rating us and reviewing us because that increases our visibility just a little bit and we appreciate it absolutely you can also reach out to us on social media absolutely we have twitter facebook instagram and goodreads because we're bookish we are at the read along at most of those you can also send us an email we are the read along at gmail.com and with that said as always we love you very much and we'll see you next time insert boss fight music here Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. Goodreads.com.